big part of me doesn't even want to do this to write this essay to make this episode things have been rapidly shifting inside of me and there is a dissonance between the private and the public I felt uneasy and decided I might want to stop doing Race to the Bottom and within a week I had made the plans and sent the emails now I have this show and one more and I feel as if I'm going out to sea like the ride and slap of this song Liverpool off the album Liverpool by Shane Parrish which we will be listening to in its entirety as I talk to you today the pull of the sail against the wind that dissonance, that tension propels the boat out into the waves away from shore There's something I've felt the few times I've been so far out in the ocean that the land recedes beyond the horizon. On a motorboat or catamaran, the bottom drops out of your stomach. When you see the land curve, beyond the bell of the horizon. We're creatures of the land, but we do take to the sea from time to time. And I told Shane that I would write this essay instead of doing an interview, and that's why I'm doing it. I love Shane and his music. I love this album, Liverpool, its breadth and its depth, how wide and how deep it is. And from what I've read, the album is supposedly inspired by Moby Dick. And if I interviewed Shane, I would ask him about that. But I've grown weary of performative interviews. Not performative in the sense that I'm not being myself when I ask my guests questions. I am, but performative in the sense that I'm interrogating them for the ears of an audience. So this is my penultimate voyage on Race race to the Bottom on Radio Free Brooklyn, and I want to write and think about art and the creative impulse and what drives us to make something out of nothing. I also want to write about New York City. Yesterday was my last day teaching school for the year, and I left the building a little after 3 p.m., I needed to get across town, across the width of Manhattan from the Upper East Side to the Upper West. But most of the mass transit in New York City runs north to south. So I looked at Google Maps multiple times to find a secret passageway, a route that didn't involve multiple steps, a train and a bus and a walk, a bus and a walk and another bus, a train and another train but I saw no way the heavens were stitched.
As I was leaving school, I asked my coworkers, Sarah, Kate, and Mosey, how they would make the trek. They both live on the Upper West Side. I don't live on the Upper West Side, but my in-laws do, and we were going to celebrate my wife's birthday at their apartment. I honestly don't think my wife and I will ever live in Manhattan. It seems out of reach. For the past decade or two, most new New Yorkers I know have moved to Brooklyn, maybe Queens, where the rents are cheaper and things seem more attainable. But that's perhaps the artist and restaurant set. I was surprised to hear that many of my school co-workers live in Manhattan. So Mosey and Sarah Kate said they were going to walk across Central Park. And I decided that I would take a bus. It took me a while, maybe years of living in New York City before I started taking buses. I'm not sure why, but there's something intimidating about it. A big commitment. Still on a bus, you can see the city in a detailed light, second only to walking. So a bus, I thought, maybe to the one train. But as I walked to 79th Street to pick up the 79th Street Crosstown Express, walking felt right. And I put on Keith Jarrett in my headphones as I made the way through the streets and avenues. Thank you.
To all those uninitiated, avenues in Manhattan run north to south and streets travel east to west. Avenues north to south, streets east to west. North to south, east to west. concert is the first and most famous of Keith Jarrett's live improvised piano recordings recorded at the Opera House in Cologne, Cologne, Germany on January 24th, 1975. The legend is that he sat down at the keys and just started playing, creating something out of nothing. I've listened to the recording probably a hundred times and the improvisation has now become a composition in my mind. I can sing along with long passages of, of melody. I know what will come next. I suppose I could read the rest of the Wikipedia page about the concert, the recording, and the backstory of the whole thing, but I don't want to. I don't always want the internet telling me things. I'd rather deal with what I already have rattling around in my head.
Venezuela. Listeners to Race to the Bottom know that I've been listening to a podcast called Revolutions, where host Mike Duncan takes the listener through the great cataclysmic political and social societal revolutions of the past few centuries. Right now I'm listening to the one about Russia. But before that, I learned about Mexico and then the revolutions for American independence, primarily focused on the life and the political career of Simón Bolívar, el liberador, the liberator. He was born in what is now Venezuela. And from a young age, he nurtured a dream of a united and independent Gran Colombia, free from Spanish rule. He was a remarkable man who quite literally brought his vision to reality in many respects. He helped free what is now Colombia, Venezuela, Ecuador, Bolivia, and Peru from their colonial shackles. But he never succeeded in uniting the continent. And as much as he was a liberator, Bolivar also believed in a strong central government, a kind of benign dictatorship, based on enlightened ideas, but still a highly centralized authority. However, the people in these lands had their own desires, their own proclivities, and their own specific forms of independence and freedom that they sought. And South America has refused to be centralized and tamed. Its history, I think it's fair to say, has been complicated, bloody, lively, unpredictable, tragic, and fluid. You can look it up on Wikipedia. Or don't. As I walked through Central Park listening to Keith Jarrett play, I wondered how true the story of this work being completely improvised actually was. Couldn't some of these fragments he played have existed somewhere in his brain before? It's like the argument of, about what freestyle rap is that I've had on the show a million times. Can you freestyle something you've already written? Or does it have to come off the top of the dome? Going through the park, I came upon places that I've been before. I'm approaching 10 years in New York and I'm building memories and associations of this big city, making it smaller. I would like to spend the rest of my life in the Big Apple and try to wrap myself around its circumference, if I can.
I came to that baseball park with my kids from the Bronx on one of the last days of school, and we played a pickup baseball game. Most of my students were from the Dominican Republic and had been playing ever since they could swing a bat. My wife and I went there to see Shakespeare in the park at the Decalaureate. The sun setting perfectly behind the stage as the play wore on, the lights coming up. I walked this path with my visiting parents. I saw that statue from a carriage ride I reserved for my wife's birthday. It was during the depths of COVID and seemed like a fun activity to do outside. Plus, she, a native New Yorker, had never taken a carriage ride through Central Park. Why would she? That's a tourist activity. But it was fun. And as we rolled along, our tour guide told us what that statue over there was, but I've now forgotten. Just past the Decalaureate, I heard someone calling my name. It was Mosey and Sarah Kate. You lied to us, they said. I had told them that I was going to take the bus. I changed my mind, I said. And so we walked together out of the park and back onto the streets and avenues. At Amsterdam, Mosey went south and Sarah Kate and I went north. Avenues north to south, streets east to west. North to south, east to west. As we walked, Sarah Kate asked me if I'd ever seen someone on the street and wondered where I knew them from. She had just seen a woman and couldn't remember if she knew her from college or from work. Well, I guess I have pretty distinct categories of my New York life, I told her. There's schools, restaurants, and comedy. She didn't know I did stand-up comedy and improv and said she had a million questions. I told Sarah Kate that when I moved to New York, my goal was to cook and do comedy. 
Still in the phase of my life where I had not yet entered the adult world, all I cared about was being an artist, a creative person. I worked hard, but still didn't want to play by the rules. And I was a good bit older than the people I worked with and did comedy with, a good 10 years older than most of them. I worked my ass off for five, sometimes six days and waited for my comedy classes at UCB. I spent most of the money I made at the restaurant paying rent and tuition to UCB and hanging out in bars. My dreams were unrealistic. I wanted to become a chef and or a comedian. I was 33 and getting a late start on both. Having given up on my dreams of being a rock star. It wasn't until I met my wife that things began to change and I'm glad they did. As I joined the adult world, studying for the GREs and paying off my credit card and student loan debt that I had ignored, it kind of felt a bit like coming back to shore from way out at sea.
I met Shane in Asheville, North Carolina. I knew about him before I met him. I knew that he played in a band called Luchatistas that played places that felt too cool for me, like a bar called Vincent's Ear, or house parties with people who read Chomsky and had tattoos and seemed to walk the earth without things like bourgeois parents or awkward Thanksgiving dinners or self-consciousness. I know now that none of that is true, but it's how it felt at the time. And my suburbanness clung to me no matter how hard I tried or didn't try to shake it free. Thank you. 
Then one day before going to work to deliver pizzas, I turned on the TV at me and Jake's apartment and flipping around, I stopped on the local community channel and saw footage of an old Iraq war protest. It was 2007 at the time, so the footage was already a few years old from 2003, right before Bush's invasion. The camera work was excellent, and you felt like you were right there with the protesters and the cops surrounding you, penning you in, trying to shut you down. I saw a lot of people with the tattoos and the Chomsky and the house parties that I never attended and wanted to be there with them protesting. I watched until the end of the film and saw on the credits that Shane had directed it, and I wanted to know him. Then I went to deliver pizzas. Later on, Shane tried out on guitar for Angie West's band. And Angie warned Shane not to play any of the wackadoo stuff he often did with the Luchatistas. Angie's music was prettier than theirs and less dissonant and challenging. And I remember that Shane looked a little hurt when Angie told him that. Like we had reduced his guitar playing to chicken scratch. When my wife and I decided we might have our wedding in Asheville, we came down and stayed at Michael Libermento's house, who's also playing drums and percussion on the album we're listening to, Liverpool. Michael was on tour and graciously let us use his place. And when my wife and I went out in our rented Jeep to look at wedding venues, I scanned through Michael's CDs for something to listen to on the ride and saw one of Shane's new records, Undertaker, Please Drive Slow, which is just him with an acoustic. We played this CD on repeat wherever we went in the rental car over the next few days. It was beautiful.
So when my wife and I were married, Shane played us down the aisle. He played Rosa Morena, which we'll hear, performed by Jao Gilberto, and El Vosé by the Tribalistas. If you're listening to this on your computer, you can download the app for your Android or your iPhone. If you like what you heard, you can go to the website and click the green donate button. Drop us a couple dollars. Get ready for Crime Talk BK. And the last show will be next week. Take care. Rosa Morena Onde vais morena rosa Com essa rosa no cabelo E esse andar de moça prosa Morena, morena rosa Onde vais, morena rosa Com essa rosa no cabelo E esse andar de moça prosa Morena, morena rosa Rosa morena, o samba está esperando Esperando pra te ver Deixa de lado esta coisa de dengosa Anda rosa, vem me ver Deixa de lado esta pose, vem pro samba, vem sambar Que o pessoal tá cansado de esperar Oh rosa, que o pessoal tá cansado de esperar Morena rosa, que o pessoal tá cansado de esperar Viu rosa, que o pessoal tá cansado de esperar É você, só você Que na vida vai comigo agora
só você Que invadia o centro do espelho Só resta seguir Um risco, um passo, um gesto Rio afora Support for Race to the Bottom comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation, the Hewing Marion Kaufman Foundation, the Melville Charitable Trust, the Moby Dick Charitable Trust, the Charitable Trust for people who have read Moby Dick, the Charitable Trust for people who say they have read Moby Dick, the Carnegie Corporation of New York, the Carnegie Corporation of Alabama, the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, the Alfred E. Newman Foundation, the Mad Magazine Foundation, the Cracked Magazine Foundation, the Annie E. Casey Foundation, the Easy E Foundation, the Geraldine R. Dodge Foundation, the Ford Foundation, the Chevy Foundation, the Bob Seger Foundation, the Boz Skaggs Foundation, the My Uncle Said My Music Sounds Like Boz Skaggs Foundation, the Who Is Boz Skaggs Foundation, the Joyce Foundation, the Noise Foundation, the People Who Say Nice Like Noise Foundation, Joan Crock, the That's a Crock Foundation, the National Endowment for the Arts, the Stanley Foundation, the Angela Foundation, the Oscar Foundation, the Creed Foundation, the Phyllis Foundation, AARP, Alaska Airlines, American Society of Clinical Oncology, American Society of Non-Clinical Oncology, American Society of Partially Clinical Oncology, Charles Schwab, the ConocoPhillips Company, the Wilson Phillips Company, First Look Studios Home Entertainment, Blockbuster Video, Miramax Films, the National Association of Professional Organizers, the National Association of Semi-Professional Disruptors, the American Speech, Language, and Hearing Association, the American STFU Association, Anheuser-Busch Companies, Dow Chemical Company, T. Rowe Price, Corn Rowe Price, General Motors Corporation, Specific Motors Corporation, National Association of Realtors, Johnson Controls, and the Carey Group. Drop top girl, you know stop shop girl
data awadi jet Getting you some juice, Shelby. 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 Should I get her a cookie? No. Juice is better. Here's the juice. Shelby. Shelby, you need some juice. You need some juice. Stop it, Mama. Drink the juice. Please drink the juice. I've said time and time again that if you come after Joe Biden, you're going to have to deal with me in this case.